0: Hello, fellow POTS patients and lovely people who care about POTS patients. I'm Jill Brook, your Insomniac host, and today we have an episode of the POTS Diaries, where we get to know someone in the POTS community and hear their story. So today we are speaking with Amber, who kindly volunteered to share her story with us so that we can all benefit. Thank you so much for joining us today, Amber. It's a pleasure. Well, it's great to see your smile. For starters, can you tell us what is your age, where are you, where did you grow up? Give us like the little mini intro to Amber.
1: Yeah, of course. Okay, so my name's Amber, I'm 18, I'm currently attending college, I'm a freshman at Columbia, and I grew up in Florida, but the transition from like the south to the north is definitely different. Like winter here is I'm I'm adjusting. <laughs> I'm definitely adjusting.
0: Were you in Florida right up until the point you went to Columbia?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my entire life in Florida. (laughs) Oh, how? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: How do you like autumn in New York so far?
1: I love it, actually. Um, It's definitely strange seeing the trees change colors because back home, I'm just used to like palm trees summer year round, you know, flip flops. And now I actually have to like look at the temperature and like layer my clothes, which is like. I don't know. It's like, it's so like simple, but it's so weird to me. That's funny. I know
0: a lot more New Yorkers trying to get to Florida than Floridians trying to get to New York.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure I'll get sick of the cold at some
0: point. Yeah. Okay. So how would your friends or family
1: describe your personality? Do you think? Ooh, uh, ambitious, witty and sarcastic. Oh, very cool. What is your favorite thing to do? Play. It's probably read or work out. Working out has been helping me a lot, like mentally, like physically. It's, it's a good stress relief. What's your favorite stuff to read? Now I'm reading Sense and Sensibility by Jane Austen. So I'm really into that right now. That's my favorite. Very cool.
0: Let's see. So what were you like as a little kid, do you think?
1: Really quiet as a little kid. Um, I was my head was always in a book. I was always asking questions, but I was I was very active outside though. Can
0: I ask what were your couple of years like leading up to the point where you started having pot symptoms?
1: I was in high school at the time, and I was getting ready to like apply for college, so it was really stressful. I just remember like loading up my courses, like doing as much volunteer work as I could, and looking back like I definitely should have taken a break at some point. I just I did not. It was always like full steam ahead.
0: Okay, so you were just like a busy high schooler doing a million things and then what? What was your first sign that Potts was on the scene?
1: I was actually visiting family up north in Jersey and my cousin she's in nursing school and so she was practicing taking everyone's pulses and she took mine and mine was really high um resting it was like 110 120 like within that range and so then my mom kind of freaked out because my mom also works in healthcare and so she knew that that wasn't normal and i'm all i've already been active like i've always been a very active kid so that just heart rate wasn't normal and then i had noticed already that i was always out of breath going up the stairs So my mom was like, Oh, when we get back to like Florida, we'll check it out. Then I actually had to go to the ER for it. So that's when like my mom was like, okay, no, we need to find a diagnosis. Wow.
0: Okay. So then how long did it take? What, what was involved with you getting
1: that diagnosis? About three pediatricians and two cardiologists. Only one of my pediatricians was even aware that POTS existed. So she referred me to Nemours Children's Hospital in Orlando, but before that, I had to see another cardiologist before I was cleared to go to Nemours. And that cardiologist didn't even mention POTS. She like completely brushed over it. She was like, I don't really know what's wrong. Go to Nemours. And then Nemours got me diagnosed really quickly. So I know it takes a long time for POTS patients to get diagnosed, But I was diagnosed within six months.
0: Okay. And it was all thanks to your mom and your, was it your
1: cousin who
0: noticed your high heart rate?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Wow. Excellent. Yay for family. That's great.
1: Right? (laughs) I got really
0: lucky. So does that mean that you were able to avoid the whole thing about
1: having people think it was all in your head? They were, a lot of my pediatricians, two of them, they were like, maybe it's stress because like I told them like I was super busy and involved in high school and they're like, oh, maybe it's anxiety. But like my mom was really relentless on it because I was showing other symptoms like dizziness, like I always felt like I was going to faint, you know, chronic migraines, chest pain. So they knew, my parents knew that it just wasn't my mind. That's great.
0: Yeah. So what would you say were your worst
1: symptoms? I think the dizziness, the chest pain, and the migraines, the chronic migraines. Because like, I could deal with being out of breath, you know, a little embarrassing. But the chest pain, I was like, Oh, my God, am I dying? And like, I didn't know at the time. So I was like, what's wrong? That was that was scary.
0: Right. Yeah. That's the worst, isn't it? Like all the scary feelings. Yeah. And then, yeah, people are surprised when we're anxious, but yeah, chest pain is stressful.
1: (laughs) Yeah. so scary. (laughs) Especially when like you're such a young kid and you're like, oh, nothing can happen to me. And then all of a sudden, like you're aging so quickly, all of a sudden. Yeah. So, what
0: was it like? It sounds like you were just like a really super busy, ambitious high school kid and yet you were like on the verge of fainting and you were having chest pain all the time and you were just kind of like muddling through or what was that like?
1: Yeah, um so I actually had to make my teachers aware of my situation. I was like, "Hey, I'm going to have to be wearing heart monitors. I'm going to be gone because a lot of the cardiologists that I was visiting were far out of my town. They were like a 2-hour drive. So, I had to miss school a lot and then the dizziness got so bad that um, I couldn't drive. So I stopped driving for like six months. So they they were aware of it and they were really helpful. They gave me extensions. But at the same time, I had a hard time asking for help. So I was just like chest pain writing an essay. And I was like, Amber, you gotta push through it. Gotta, gotta keep going. Looking back, I really don't know how I did it. Like, I think I was just really hard on myself.
0: Well, so you're you're laughing about it now, but yeah.
1: was it funny at the time or was it like really painful? I was miserable. I, I remember like just wishing that I could like just find a solution. Like I just, I was so miserable. I was like, if I turn 18, I don't think I'd be able to go to college. If I don't have a diagnosis, this isn't manageable by the time I'm 18.
0: So once you did have a diagnosis, did things get better? Did you have treatments or lifestyle things that helped? and like how how much did things improve?
1: It took about six months to improve. So I was diagnosed in June, and then I started feeling more like myself again in December. So I changed everything. So I was on a treatment plan. I was on medication four times a day, lots of salt, lots of water, exercise. I had to work out every single day, even though I like had chronic fatigue, compression socks, those are a lifesaver. Oh my god, I wear compression socks every single day now. Like I have a pair for every single day of the week and extras. Yeah, I had to like completely change and like work my entire schedule around my treatment plan. So do you stick to a really
0: strict routine now?
1: Yeah, first thing I wake up, chug, nice 40 ounce bottle of water yeah and then i work out in the morning just because i know i feel the difference in my circulation when i do and when i don't work out so i try and work out every day or at least six days a week and then i have salt tablets or i will carry like salt packets from restaurants and if i feel like i need it i'll I'll take some and then i take my medication
0: so you know a lot of people really have a tough time with exercise and you mentioned that it really helps you, but that in the beginning, at least you kind of had some chronic fatigue. Can you, can you talk about what your exercise routine looked like and how did you build up and how long did it take and what kinds of stuff were you doing?
1: I was doing body weight and weighted exercises at home because it was also, I was diagnosed at the height of the pandemic as well. So I couldn't go to a gym at all. And then my mom bought a bike. So I worked my way up from the bike to like full body workouts and then weighted workouts. And it took a while. I would get winded so easily, like maybe 15 minutes in and I'd be like, I'm done. But then I knew that wasn't gonna help me get better. So I had to really work at it.
0: And so you just like gradually worked up from 15 minutes now, if people see you work out, would they think, oh, that's just a normal person working out or do you still have to do special things or stay recumbent or anything like that?
1: Uh, no, it's just like a normal person working out.
0: Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Can you be more specific about ways that the exercise helps you? You said it, you notice it improves your circulation. Can you talk about that and what, what does it help anything else?
1: Yeah, it definitely helps my brain fog. I think that ties into the circulation, though, because um, at the beginning, I had such bad brain fog. That was also one of the reasons I was like, if I'm 18 and I don't have a diagnosis, I can't go to college because I couldn't focus and I couldn't think. So I noticed every time I worked out, my hands were a lot less clammy and cold and my brain fog would be significantly better, which is why I work out in the morning now, too, just so I don't go my entire day with brain fog.
0: Okay, so I know at least a few specific people who are gonna wanna know, how did you get into Columbia with brain fog? Did you do work certain times of the day? How how did you work around it?
1: Yes, at the time I would work out after lunch because I would feel super weak waking up. So then after lunch I'd work out and then I had like a leeway at the time in the beginning. A couple hours after working out, I would get rid of the brain fog. Like it'd be completely gone. I'd be myself again. So that's when I would like cram all of my work in. And then again, towards the night, I would start getting like little cloudy. So there was just a specific window where I would just do all of my homework and I would space it out every day. And then what would you do during your brain foggy times? Just lay down. Like I, there was really nothing I could do. Like if I was reading a text, half of the time I wouldn't even be able to comprehend it. I Like I would immediately forget.
0: Right. That's a weird feeling, right? I, I can relate to that where you're like, your eyes go over the words, but nothing registered.
1: Yes. Yes. And at the time, uh, the only good thing I have is my brain. Like I'm relying on that to get me places. And now all of a sudden it just wasn't working. So I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? It, It was that I think was like the scariest part, actually the brain fog.
0: Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else
1: that you would say has helped you a lot? My parents, having a supportive system or just like foundation, because I don't think I would have been diagnosed so quickly. My parents really advocated for like accommodations in high school and at college.
0: Do you mind sharing examples of accommodations that helped you since there's probably a lot of other people listening who might benefit?
1: In high school, I was allowed to use the bathroom or get water whenever I wanted, especially because like we have to drink so much water. It was also helpful that I was allowed to have snacks, like trail mix, things like that to help me. And if I needed to leave the room, I could. Now in college, I can leave whenever I want to get more water, bathroom. I have extensions in case I do get sick again, or like relapse with brain fog. And I'm allowed to have absences in case I do get really bad, but yeah. And then I'm also allowed to eat snacks as well. So Colombia has been very accommodating.
0: Is everybody allowed to eat snacks or that you had to ask for special permission to eat
1: snacks? <laughs> to ask special permission, yeah.
0: Okay, interesting. As far as being a college student, like if you had to say a percentage, like from a zero to 100% normal, how normal is your
1: college experience? About 1% being like, The least normal and 100% being like the most normal. I think it's about like 75%, I think, just because my life still revolves around taking care of myself. Whereas like, my friends, they don't have to worry about anything. They can sleep in, you know, and then like rush to class. Whereas like, I have to wake up early, like exercise, drink my water, take my meds. Because actually when I moved here, I was just like so excited and like so busy that I actually relapsed. I had to go to the ER because I was just so dehydrated and like, no amount of water or medication was helping. So that was a big red flag. Like Amber, you really need to like, take care of yourself and remember that like, unfortunately, you're not like everyone else. Did the ER know what to do with you? Did they know what POTS was? I had to tell them like in the ambulance ride, I was like, this has happened before. I just need IV. Like, so I actually had to tell them what to do. And introduce what pots was which is so unfortunate because so many people don't know what pots is even though it's so common that's that's why i want to raise awareness because it's it's really unfortunate so
0: it seems like you have a really good attitude about it so it sounds like i don't know do you wish you could pull all-nighters like other people or drink alcohol like other people or does it not matter
1: i think yeah people drink so much coffee here which makes sense you know we're in college whereas like I have to if I drink coffee I have to like double my water intake actually no I do wish most of the time that I was healthy and that I didn't have a chronic illness and it sucks having to explain to people all the time like I guess people like will see me taking my meds and they're like what are you taking and then I have to like explain long story of like oh I'm chronically ill and they're like oh okay I don't know they're just like startled by it I guess
0: Well, I was going to ask, it does seem like chronic illness is on the rise, and we know that autoimmunity is on the rise among young people. So do you feel like you know other people in a similar boat or not really there at college?
1: No, I also have psoriasis. So I do know some people with psoriasis, but most people don't even know what POTS is. I have to tell them and explain it to them. So since you got POTS, what do you think is the biggest change to your life? Because at the time, I wouldn't sleep. I would just like chug coffee all the time. You know, I wasn't watching what I was eating and I hardly drank any water. So now it's definitely made me more health conscious and it made, it's made me a lot more kinder to my body. I think I took the tolerance of youth for granted at the time.
0: Do you think that having a chronic illness has changed your personality or changed you
1: as a person at all i remember when i was like the sickest uh, my parents offered and i actually considered dropping out of high school but i was like no like i've worked so hard i still kept volunteering i still kept taking like ap or like ace classes i refused to let it take my life away and it was really hard with the brain fog but i just i knew that i wanted to keep fighting because i was like i i can't let this win
0: that's fantastic. Do you want to talk more about your parents? It sounds like they've been
1: really supportive. My parents came to like every appointment, especially my mom. She was the one that actually suggested that I might have POTS because she overheard it from a coworker. So that's, I think, one of the reasons I got diagnosed so quickly. But my mom was like, if you need anything, like, let me know. Like, she drove me places because I couldn't drive anymore. She was the one that was like, eat enough salt. So that's why when I came to college, I kind of forgot. But she she made sure I was on top of my treatment plan, like 24 seven. Oh, that's fantastic.
0: What about friends? Do they have to look out for you or do anything for you
1: at college? They do. Um, I got really lucky with my friends because like they're very much aware of it. So like, I remember I went to my friend's dorm and he doesn't have AC. And he doesn't have a water fountain nearby so he bought like this massive container of water and he was like amber this is all yours like you're the only one allowed to touch this so that just made my life so much easier i didn't have to like go far to get water and i could just constantly drink that that was that was amazing like i just remember thinking oh my god (laughs) like i got lucky
0: that is so thoughtful oh my gosh i love that what a beautiful gesture so have your favorite activities changed before POTS and after POTS? Have you had to switch what you do for fun or
1: what brings you joy? I don't think so. I think now that it's manageable and I was super active before, I think it's made me like realize the importance of working out a lot more, but I don't think it's changed anything.
0: Is there anything that you know now about living with POTS that you wish you had known sooner?
1: the importance that it plays in the nervous system. That's also actually why I'm majoring in neuroscience now, because it's just so interesting to me. Excellent. That's so great.
0: Do you feel like POTS has taught you any life lessons?
1: Don't give up. I know that as cheesy as it is and as hard as it seems, because it's definitely not easy, and especially when you're miserable and you just want a break, please don't let it take your life away. There is hope. Like. It, it can become manageable. Has anything positive come from your having POTS? Any silver linings? I got really into neuroscience afterwards, just the nervous system in general. And I'm pre-med, so now I kind of have an idea of what I want to research in college, dysautonomia or just like POTS in general, because there's so little research.
0: Excellent, that's very exciting, that's so cool. Are you up for doing a speed round where you say the first thing that comes to your mind?
1: Yes, I would love to. What is your favorite way to get salt? Salt packets. Like, I will just chug them. Just straight? Yeah. It's as gross. Yeah, as gross as it is, it's just really quick.
0: (laughs) Very cool. What drink do you find the most hydrating? Plain water.
1: What is your favorite time of the day and why? I think in the mornings. I think because I don't know, it's just very soothing. Do you sleep well? No. (laughs) I have been working on that because of the pods I developed into like insomnia just because of the heat flashes, stuff like that. So now I have accommodations in college where I get AC. So that's really nice. So trying to find the balance of temperature. Very nice.
0: Because my next question was going to be, what do you do at night when you are having trouble falling asleep?
1: I read. Or I'll take melatonin gummies if I really have like an important day the next day.
0: How many doctors have you seen for POTS? Five. How many other POTS patients have you ever met face to face?
1: My best friend's mom has POTS and I had no idea. So when I was diagnosed, she was like, oh my God, I have POTS. So that, that was crazy. But other than that, I haven't met anyone.
0: What is a piece of good advice that someone ever gave you about anything?
1: Don't let anyone else invalidate you. People would be telling me like, oh, just breathe, if I'm having like a posture lapse. And I'm like, or like, oh, you're making this up. But I know what I feel is real. That's great. What
0: is one word that describes what it's like living with chronic illness? Time-consuming. Oh, good one. What is something small or something inexpensive that brings you comfort or joy? My journal.
1: I got it at like five below, and it just helps. I write all the stress away. That's excellent.
0: Who is somebody that you admire?
1: Queen of the first. Very specific, but yeah. <laughs> oh, any particular reason why? She was just a really great queen. Very, very true feminist, especially really rare, like during the Victorian era. I liked how she didn't want to get married. And she was like, I can rule by myself. Like, I don't need anyone to like, I don't need to listen to anyone. I really like that. (laughs) Right on. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. What is something that you are proud of? Not giving up when I was sick. Keep going
0: with school. What is something that you're looking forward to? Being done with finals. (laughs) What is the toughest thing about
1: POTS? I think remembering to stay hydrated. What are you good at doing? I love baking. I miss that now because I can't do it here. But like I bake like cookies and brownies and bring them to school. Very cool. If
0: you were Oprah and had infinite funds, what is a gift that you would send to every POTS patient on earth?
1: Compression socks. Oh my gosh. Because they can get expensive too. Like the stronger ones, compression socks, like the really tall, like knee length ones yeah a uh, good one. What is something that you're grateful for? My water bottle, my big water bottle. It's forty ounces. I drink like ten of these a day.
0: <laughs> yeah okay. last quick one. Can you finish this sentence? People might suspect I'm a potsy when Opening packets of salt
1: and just eating them raw.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder if people ever wonder if you have some. Yes, funky obsession.
1: (laughs) Yeah, my friends will be like, what are you doing? Like, that's disgusting. And I'm like, you got to do what you got to do. That's the attitude. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you wish more people knew about pots? I wish they existed. It's it's really tiring having to explain it to people and to be like, oh, like my circulation isn't the best. You know, I just I just wish it was there was more awareness.
0: So I just have a few more questions. You had mentioned that you are pre-med and you're looking forward to maybe going into something that has to do with dysautonomia or a POTS. What do you look forward to in a future life as a doctor?
1: Being able to like validate POTS patients, just cause I had a cardiologist who was like, you're making this up. There's nothing wrong with your heart. And she just had like no awareness of POTS. So if I could like tell someone like, it's okay, I have it and like it's manageable and there is hope. Um, And hopefully like research and like different treatment plans in the future, that'd be an honor, yeah.
0: That's so great. And it also just makes me happy to see that like with the help of your family, you got diagnosed quickly. And that seems like maybe you were headed down a tough path of the fact that you even considered dropping out of high school. And yet, with the help of the diagnosis and treatment, you were able to turn it around and get to a wonderful program and be on track to become a doctor. That's really exciting. And it, it makes me sad for some of the patients who maybe went a very long time without answers where they maybe kept getting worse. And life kept getting tougher and getting off track longer and longer. But I feel like you are a beautiful example of what is possible when things can go as well as they possibly can go. I feel like it's a really exciting story and I'm excited for you to join the ranks of the doctors out there.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. Because, like, reading the stats of like when I was first diagnosed, I was like looking up POTS and like reading the stats of like it takes like four years on average. I I couldn't imagine like going longer without a diagnosis. So, the fact that there's people with four years or more is absolutely terrifying. I I want to be able to like use my opportunity, like my treatment plan, to help others.
0: Oh, that's so awesome. And because of you, yeah, a ton of people will get faster diagnoses. That's very exciting. So, you have only ever met one POTS patient face-to-face before, but there are going to be thousands that listen to this. Is there anything you would want to say to any of your fellow POTS patients out there? Uh,
1: you're not alone. So common. There, there's hope. Just please stay on top of it. Just take a bunch of salt. <laughs> that's what, I think that's like the best thing. Like, I can miss a dose, but as long as I have salt on the hand, I, I usually, I, I can manage it. I imagine
0: you like a little Pac-Man going throughout your day, getting the next
1: salt pellet in time. <laughs> yeah. I steal them from the dining hall. Like not really steal it cause it's free, but like, I'll like take a bunch and just like put it in my purse and I'm like good enough for the day. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Well, my last question
0: is why did you agree to let us share your story today?
1: There's just no awareness. I just haven't met anyone with POTS, so hopefully people hear like my story and maybe they can like get something out of it.
0: Fantastic. Amber, thank you so much for sharing your story and your insights and your tips with us. We really appreciate it. I mean, mostly thank you for sharing your career plans with us, right, (laughs) to, to help our community. I know that everybody listening wishes you all the best going forward. It was really fun talking to you today.
1: It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: So listeners remember this is never medical, dental, spiritual, relationship, fashion, menu, or any kind of advice. Consult your medical team about what's right for you. Please consider subscribing because it helps us get found by more people like you. But thank you for listening. Remember that you're not alone, and please join us again soon. You can find us
1: wherever you get your podcasts
0: or on our website, www.standinguptopots.org podcast. And I would add, if you have any ideas or topics you'd like to suggest, send them in. You can also engage with us on social media at the handle Standing Up to Pots. Thanks for listening, and we hope you join us. This show is a production of Standing Up to Pots.